1: getting through your nine to five. Thank you so much for listening. It is the drive on Sixton sports radio, SixtonSports.com and and the odyssey app. So we're going to do the five o'clock hour a little bit differently than how we usually would do it. Gabe D'Armond of powermazoo.com is going to join us for one of the hits today because Missouri absolutely has been in the news today. They have had a banner day, like one of the better days recruiting that they have ever had as a football program. In the transfer portal, they got the number one offensive lineman, Caden Green. He graduated from Lee Summit North High School, went to Oklahoma, transferred to Missouri. He's going to be their starting left tackle next year. They also got two four-star recruits and a three-star recruit today. So they have had a very, very good day, and they say that they are not done. So we will talk to Gabe in the Power Mizzou about Missouri's recruiting Uh, In one of the hits, we also will be joined by Patrick Mahomes. He was on the show earlier today. If you missed that conversation, we will play for you our conversation with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. So instead of doing the hits in a traditional sense, let's start with something that I know would be a hit, and this can be like hit 1A. Justin Houston is available. Now, if you forgot that Justin Houston was in the NFL, you know what? I, I understand. Justin Houston played for the Carolina Panthers, so I really get why you didn't know that he was still in the league or not. He has also been injured for most of this season. He has only played in seven games. He has not played since November 4th. He has a half sack, three tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. He got released, and you know what he says? I want to go play for a contender. Now, the price is just right. Any team that wants to pick up Justin Houston would only owe him $194,000, and the rest of it will obviously be paid by Carolina, and the season is almost over. No. I know that you're going to ask, because I've seen people asking over the course of the day. No. Justin Houston has been available so many times, and the Chiefs have never really shown an interest in Justin Houston. No. I don't even know if there's room for Justin Houston. Who are you taking off the field on this defense? And you want to replace them with a 34-year-old who hasn't been that productive this year, also hasn't been that healthy this year? No. He is not helping this team. No. It's over. Cooked. No thanks. Another player that I just want to bring this up just because it's for me to say that I was right. Because, I mean, I was right. So I just want to tell you guys is Zach Ertz. I was here. Three weeks ago, you guys really wanted Zach Ertz. Hey, what does it hurt? It can't be any worse. Let's go get Zach Ertz. No. You know what's not helping the Chiefs old players. If you were really good and mad in 2015, you're not helping this year's version of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not helping. So no, I don't want Justin Houston. I don't want Zach Ertz. I don't want Jarvis Landry. I don't want Sammy Watkins. Again, if you were really good on the PlayStation 4 version of Madden, I don't you're not helping the Chiefs. You're not coming in and saving the day for this team. No. Zach Ertz has been available for 3 weeks. No team in the NFL wants him. He first off got released. You could have just claimed him. You then let him clear waivers. You couldn't negotiate a contract. You haven't negotiated a contract. You know what he is. Zach Ertz is a camp body. That's who he is. He's a camp body. He's a guy you bring in to help coach up the veterans. He's like Jake Taylor from the movie Major League. That's who he is. That's not helping the Kansas City Chiefs. In fact, it's a negative. I don't want them to create more opportunities for old, slow players. That's not what I want this offense to do. They've got enough slow players on their team. They're just young. So I just wanted to get that out the way early so we don't even got to we don't even gotta put the music behind that hit. Look, I gave the team five minutes. Five-minute take. Quick, easy. Take it away, Rob. <laughs>
0: While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, the drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's the hits only on the drive. Number one. Well,
2: Carrington, before we're joined by Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou, I want you to know the hits, whether it be with Gabe or regular, brought to you by Underlaw Injury Lawyer. Visit GetGym.com. Well, the top non-chief story of the day in Kansas City, Carrington, is the NFL, as last night. Jalen hurts and co lost in Seattle mean the MVP race is down to just three, but is it even three? I mean, is Brock Purdy really about to win NFL MVP? Please convince me that this. This sign of mediocrity. This game manager, this Alex Smith incarnate is not really about to win the most prestigious award the league gives out. You
1: know what? I actually don't want to talk about that right now, so you just call Gabe, and then I'll answer this text message, and then by the time I'm done answering this text message, Gabe will be on the phone. You know, we don't even got to worry about it, and Patrick Mahomes will be there. I want to read this one thing. It's related to what we were just talking about, and then we'll get to Missouri. CDOT. So are you saying guys like Terrell Suggs didn't help the Chiefs? Terrell Suggs didn't help the Chiefs. Terrell Suggs played in five games for the Chiefs. If you add the postseason, played in five. In those five games, he had seven tackles in those games. He did have a sack. I'll give you that. Now, it was in the regular season. wasn't in the postseason. In the postseason, he didn't get a sack. Didn't get a tackle for loss. Didn't get a solo. No. Terrell Suggs did not help the Chiefs. I understand that you guys want players that you've heard of before. I get it. But Zach Hurts is not helping the Chiefs. Justin Houston's not helping them. That's not what they need. That's not what they need. What they really need to do is just stop turning the ball over. If they stop turning the ball over, you know what? They'll be okay. They'll be okay with the same guys they got. Now, part of not turning the ball over might be, please stop throwing it to Kadarius Toney. That might be number one. The number one thing they need to do is stop giving him targets and opportunities. He can't drop it if you don't throw it to him. That's football 101. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Be joined by Gabe DiArman of Powermazoo.com and learn more about Missouri's recruiting. Gabe, this might be the first time in radio history for you that right after we get done talking to you, we're going to talk to Patrick
3: Mahomes. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, That's uh, I I apologize for destroying your listenership leading into, uh, but maybe it means more people are listening to me.
1: No, I think what's going to happen is maybe they turn it back, but then they'll come back in five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's what I would do. So Gabe, just take us through today for the Missouri Tigers, because I think you can argue this is one of the better days that they have had recruiting in quite some time. You pick up Caden Green, the offensive lineman from Lee Summit North who went to Oklahoma. You pick up two four-star kids and a three-star kid. This was a banner day of recruiting.
3: Yeah, it was up there. Caden um, Green was was the first one, happened about about 10 till 10, I think, this morning, and You know, that wasn't a shock. I mean, the shock was when he hit the portal uh, a week ago. Uh, But I I think most people thought he would end up in Missouri once that happened. then Courtney Crutchfield, a four-star receiver out of uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, number three player in Arkansas, picked Mizzou over Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, a few others. Uh, His teammate, uh, Austin Dendy, signed with Missouri at the same time, but he he already had been committed since September. And then kind of the surprise was a kid named Jaron Sinsabaugh about an hour ago. Uh, defensive back out of Nashville Tennessee pick Missouri over Tennessee which is that doesn't happen a lot in that state so uh, definitely a big day before signing day for Eli Drinkwitz
1: Gabe where is this momentum coming from because I mean just over the last I would say six weeks it is really like you could really feel there being a groundswell and momentum for Missouri to really start to add in recruiting where is this momentum coming from
3: so it's two things. I'll, I'll talk about the not obvious one first, or, or maybe the one we're not supposed to talk about out loud because people still seem afraid of it. But, um, you know, the first thing is Eli's recruited really well since he's been here with really nothing to sell other than hope. Well, now he has tangible results. They're 10-2, number nine in the country, getting ready to play Ohio State. So he's got something to sell. So that definitely helps. The other thing, I, I don't know how familiar you are uh, with, with this whole NIL thing, but Missouri is uh, – participating in it, and I, I believe doing quite well in it. So uh, that, that has
1: not hurt the recruiting efforts at all. Right now we're talking to Gabe DiArman of com here for a couple more minutes just learning about the Missouri recruiting. Gabe, I'm curious if there's anything else that you are expecting. Tomorrow is sort of national signing day. People are used to it being in February, but the calendar has really changed in college athletics. Are you expecting any other big surprise? Are you expecting Missouri to pick up anybody else here over the next 24 hours or so?
3: Well, I always say, is there going to be a surprise? If, if I knew about it, it wouldn't be a surprise. Um. There's a couple transfers out there, three really that we're watching. Uh, Chris McClellan, a defensive tackle from Florida. Darius Smith, uh, uh, an edge rusher from Georgia. And then Corey Flagg, a linebacker from Miami. Those guys all visited Missouri last weekend, all have Missouri in their top little group of schools. And, like, we don't know if any of them are deciding tomorrow, but really all of them could decide at any time. So, I I mean, it's possible, you know, that – that all three in the next three days uh, head toward Missouri. We don't know. Uh, McClellan's looking at Arkansas, Colorado, not as sure of the competition for the other two. And then I I don't expect any more high school stuff tomorrow, but I don't know the way it's going. I mean, it, it wouldn't completely shock me if they had something up their sleeve that nobody seems to know about. Last question here, Gabe, and I appreciate
1: your time. I mean, I'm looking at Missouri's schedule. I'm looking at the talent. I'm looking at the returning players. I mean, they're going to return their quarterback next year. They might return the best skill position player in college football next year at Luther Burden. I mean, I I, I look at Missouri's goal as they can make the college football playoff next year. It it is expanding to 12 teams. I mean, this year they would have been in a 12-team college football playoff. Preseason-wise, they're probably going to be ranked 12th. I mean, that puts you in a spot to make the, the playoff next year what What are your expectations for Missouri next college football season?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's fair for Missouri to say the expectation is the college football playoff, but I think it's absolutely fair to say the goal is the college football playoff. If they do what I think they'll do in the portal over the next month, like there's reason to believe they're a better team than next year than they were this year. The schedule is easier next year than it was this year, I think. um, I, I think Missouri fans can reasonably look at that schedule and say, yeah, I can see 11 and 1. Um, now, a lot of things got to go your way, but you can see it. And if you're 11 and 1, you're in it. If you're 10 and 2, you might be in it. So I, I think that's clearly the goal for Missouri next year.
1: That is Gabe Diarman of PowerMazoo.com joining us on the show today to talk about a banner day for Missouri as they're snatching up all the recruits. Thanks, Gabe.
3: All right, Carrington, have a good
1: one, man. Appreciate you. That's my guy, Gabe Diarman of Powermazoo.com joining us on the show today, a banner day for Missouri. They got the number one kid in the portal. They also got the number one kid out of the state of Arkansas today. Really good day if you are a Missouri Tigers fan. I can see just the excitement on Rob's face. You know, he is just brimming with hope and optimism that Missouri is going to win 11 games next year, and they're going to host a home game in the college football playoff. All right, hit the button.
0: He has one of the most impressive resumes on planet Earth. Two-time MVP. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! Underhanded shovel for a Six-yard touchdown. touchdown! Two-time Super Bowl champ. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he doesn't interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's
4: not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but it definitely we made our appearance at Waffle House uh, a couple of times.
0: 310 means one thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes.
1: Earlier today, we got an opportunity to catch up with the current NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Our conversation started with Pat got fined $50,000 this past week by the NFL. And I want to know if this stops him from getting Rob and I a Christmas gift because, you know, money could be tight around the holidays.
4: Oh no, no man, uh, it, uh, it it happens, man. Uh, you gotta have to move on, learn from it. Uh, but that de- definitely uh, might have hurt one of Sterling's gifts for sure.
1: I was gonna ask you that. So, what is she asking for for Christmas? Because she definitely is at the point where she can ask for things. What does she ask for for Christmas?
4: Um, honestly, she she can't figure out what she wants. I mean, uh, it's like every day she wants something different. Um, but uh, as long as it's wrapped, I mean, we're she, she had like a little Christmas party with her friends and. She got a book, but it was wrapped, and she got to unwrap it. And I think uh, she was just as happy as uh, all the expensive things that I get her. So I think if we just we could put anything in the in the, the plastic wrapping, I think she's gonna love it.
1: That's normally how kids are. Like you spend all this time trying to figure it out, and then they like playing with the box more than they like actually playing with the toy.
4: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I'm just glad that she gets she can kind of enjoy it. She, we have the whole elf on the shelf going, all that different type of stuff, and. Uh, He's excited for Santa to come.
1: So where are you at with your Christmas shopping? Because I finished my Christmas shopping last week just because I try to avoid that last weekend before Christmas Eve. You don't want to be out at Target trying to figure out what you're going to do. Where are you at when it comes to your Christmas shopping?
4: I think I'm pretty much done. I mean, I got Brittany's present uh, in. I got, I got it wrapped and it's under the tree. And if, as long as I'm making Brittany happy, I think the rest of the family will be happy. So uh, I, got, I got that done, and that, that was my main goal. I remember last year I
1: asked you your favorite Christmas movie, and you said Elf. Have you got a chance to watch Elf this season?
4: I haven't. You know, I've been kind of moving around really fast and with the kids. You know, Sterling can't sit still for long enough to watch a movie like that. And so uh, I'll have to make sure to turn it on. We have an extra day, so maybe uh, on Saturday or something like that.
1: Do you have, like, an underrated Christmas movie? Like, I really love Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Do you have an underrated Christmas movie?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Four Christmases is underrated. I mean, that's a pretty good one. I mean, Vince Vaughn, anytime he's in something, it's it's hilarious. So um, I don't know if I have an underrated Christmas movie, but I do like I like Four Christmases, I like Elf, I like Home, all the Home Alones, one and two, three gets a little wild there, but Home Alone one and two is uh, definitely good and. uh uh, other than that, I mean, the the originals, like when you you talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or stuff, that I'm I'm hoping Sterling gets into.
1: <laughs> right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us. On the show today, let's start with the wide receiver room because I think we kind of know going into it, just given the track record, that Coach Belichick is going to take away something from the offense. And they did a really good job against Travis Kelsey. This wasn't one of his usual days. But you saw from Rasheed Rice, he had nine catches for 91 yards. And then Clyde Everett helping you guys in the screen game. You guys had multiple players on the offense step up to help you guys win on, on Sunday.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it was. Um, it, it's gonna take everybody, and uh, we knew that Coach Belichick was have a great plan for Travis, and I thought Travis did a good job battling and trying to find a way to get open when he was double teamed and stuff like that. Um, but uh, guy stepped up. I mean, Rasheed had a heck of a day. I thought the running backs did a great job catching the ball. Um, and whenever you play teams, you know they're gonna try to take away Travis first, and if if uh, they put that much resources on him, other guys gotta make plays happen, and uh, they guys did that. What is
1: it about Jarek McKinnon late in the season? I mean, last year, those last like five games or so, he had nine touchdowns. He had another touchdown in this game. He can throw it. He can catch it. What is about him late in the year that just really gets going?
4: Yeah, he just has a really good feel for uh, filling coverages and knowing what defenses are trying to do, do against us. And I think as you, the year goes on, you see a lot of similar style of defenses because um, they see what has success and they want to try to do the same things. Um, and so we we, we put Jarek in some of those roles where he can kind of fill it out and know that the coverage of defense to get open uh, down in the red zone. Um, and he does a great job of it. And he has a knack for finding the end zone. So um ones like the other day where it was a simple little flat route he catches the ball finds a way to get the ball into the end zone that's just stuff that he's done over his entire career
1: obviously you guys miss Isaiah Pacheco he's going to come back I'll ask you about him in a bit but the the contribution that you got from Clyde Everett to layer these last couple of weeks and stepping, in I know it's been a difficult two years for him but I thought he, that he really made the most out of this opportunity when given it
4: yeah and I think he's done a great job all year honestly I mean obviously we have uh pop and he does a great job and carries a um, a heavy load as far as the carries go and stuff like that. Um, but I think uh, every time Clyde's gotten opportunities, um, he's he's made it happen. I mean, if it's a run, he gets what what's there and more. If it's a pass, he he gets the catch. Or if it's pass protection, he does a great job of that. And so it's it's always great um, whenever you have a deep running back room with guys that can all go out there and play and you trust in um and so uh i just I'm, I'm glad that he's able to do it and i know you don't want you want pop back on the field but he got more of a chance to show what he's been working on all year long and he and he made the most of it do
1: you think it's going to be difficult to maybe get all three of those guys going here you're going to add isaiah pacheco back this week we heard from coach reed that he's going to play this week you certainly got something going with clyde in the past game in the last one jerick mckinnon as well what's going to be the balance of trying to get all three of those guys going in these final three games
4: yeah i mean it's it's a good problem to have. I mean, uh, you have a lot of guys that can go out there and work and make stuff happen. I think the best part about it is you have guys that all believe in each other and and want each other to succeed. It's a great room. Um, No one's going to be jealous of anything like that. I mean, guys just want to go out there and have success and win football games, and that's what you want on the team, and Um, I think uh, coach reason a great job of kind of making everybody get opportunities and he'll continue to do that as the season goes on
1: right now we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes joining us on the show today Patrick I just want you to take us through at some point Andy comes to you with one of these wild and crazy play ideas like he rather like shows you a picture he says hey watch this video just take us through that process when he has a idea for a new play a new formation
4: yeah i mean it's it's not as as crazy as it's saying he' I mean, he'll come show us the play and he kind of shows the quarterbacks usually first he's like dude, we can make it happen we can make it happen and uh you go you go to some of the other guys you start working on it a little bit and then it gets put into practice and we always call it like you gotta you gotta warm it up you can't just it's like you can't just go out there and and display it the first time so we've practiced that play for a couple weeks now and really worked on it and it keeps practice fun man of being able to uh, try this different type of stuff and um obviously it worked um and it scored a touchdown and i uh, gets a really good uh, red zone defense uh team um and so you just try now we go on to the next one see if we can keep working on new plays and uh make it hard for defenses to uh, to uh, really account for what we can do down
1: there i don't want you to give up too many trade secrets obviously but if you had to guess how many of those plays are you guys sitting on like how many of those you know rose bowl right hungry pig left how many of those plays do you guys have you think
4: I mean, they, they, Coach Reed, man, it, it never ends. He always has these plays that he, he pulls up and he watches on this grainy grainy film that you're wondering how did it even – it's not, it just was not on film. They had to, like, redo this thing a couple of times just to get it to where we could watch it. And then he's just like he, – he brings it out of nowhere, man. And I, I, the, the last – out of nowhere, he'll just like, hey, what do you think about this? So, I mean, it's uh, – um, it never ends. Uh, we always are working on some plays here and there, and uh, we, I love the ideas, man. We just keep them rolling.
1: Last question about that play at least. What gave you the idea to have Joe Tooney snap the ball?
4: Well, I mean, first off, we were doing the tackle over, um, and the already, already defenses have to adjust for that. And I was like, man, dude, we're doing tackle over. Why don't we just move Creed um, and Joe? I mean, Joe's he's a, kind of like that emergency center um, guy for our team. He's played it before. He snaps the ball well let's just let Joe snap it and see if that really if that affects the defense as well. So when you move a tackle over and switch a guard in the center, I mean, the defense, um, you can hear them communicating whenever the ball is snapped. They're trying to figure out kind of who is where and, and everything like that. And that's always a good thing for the offense, especially when you have kind of a, a downhill type of run, uh, even though it's a little uh, action in the backfield. So uh, it was definitely – a. It worked out, so as long as it works out, it's always a good idea.
1: Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes here for a couple more minutes, just catching up with him about the game against the New England Patriots. So the cameras cut to you on the sideline after the second interception, and you were obviously frustrated with the interception. Just take us through in that moment what's going through your mind. Why are you so frustrated?
4: Yeah, I think I'm, I think mean, the biggest part, you're frustrated because you're putting the defense in a bad position. I mean, uh, we had, I had two interceptions. Both of them put the defense in short fields, and they were able to – hold them to a field goal on one of those. But it, it's hard whenever a defense is playing that well um, the, to give the offense a short field. You want to make sure that even, even if you don't have success as the offense, you want to make sure you're backing the defense up um, backing their offense up and, and giving defense a full field to work with. And uh, obviously it didn't work out, and I was frustrated at, at the interception and, and doing that against, to our defense, who had really played a great second half.
1: Like, whenever you sit down and watch film first after the game, or you go into the throws that you feel like you missed, the mistakes? Like, when you first sit down to evaluate a game and what you did right and did wrong, where do you kind of gravitate towards first?
4: Um, I just watch it through and through honestly and then you, you go through the game and you get a feel for what you were thinking and, and then make those decisions did you make the right decision did you not make the right decision and and with the, with the flow of the game you talk about it with your coaches and the other quarterbacks and and then you try to be better the next time I mean there's just a couple times where I feel like in that last game there were some throws there that I try to get I got a little too greedy and wanted to just go downfield but that's kind of my nature and I have to find that right balance of when to just take the underneath stuff and when to go for the the deep shot and uh, some of those call sacks because I was holding the ball too long. So he's going to have to. You have to find that right medium of, of where your aggressiveness is a good thing for the team and when it's a bad thing for the team.
1: The last couple of weeks, Kadarius Toney, has kind of been at the center of things. He was at the center of things against Buffalo. He also was in the center of things with the interception we were talking about earlier. There's a picture of him coming off the field, and Travis Kelsey has his arm around him, and they're having a conversation. Kelsey has spoken very highly of him. You also have spoken very highly of him. He seems like a player that you're going to need down the stretch. How do you guys as a team get the most out of of his abilities
4: yeah you just you you keep believing in them man I think that's the biggest thing with anything um in sports or in life I mean uh, the mistakes happen I mean it's not I'm not always perfect I thought I have a lot of interceptions this year and I think it's uh it's it's something where you got to just keep believing because I know the guys believe in me and I just keep firing and and uh it's gonna take everybody to win the Super Bowl and we know that and so we're gonna keep having that confidence in everybody that's on the football field Um, And they're going to go out there and give everything they have for the team. And you see the work ethic. You see how hard the guys are working during the week. Um, And you know that at some point that's going to to translate in a big way. That's going to have a big game um, that uh, we can go out there and hopefully at the end of the year have another – another championship, but it's going to take every day you going to work and then putting in the time.
1: I'm curious how close do you think that he is because of those mistakes that we've mentioned early in the season now. How close do you guys think that he is to maybe having that breakthrough and really tapping into those beliefs and the abilities that you think he has?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think everything in this league is always closer than you think it is. Um, Bad and good, man. I think if 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 you're playing good and you think – you're, you're on top of the world that's when the that's when the league kind of gets you and then when you're when you whenever you've made some mistakes and you feel like you're down in the dumps um this is one play that can kind of change uh, the whole rhythm of things and so I've noticed that in my time it's, it's never as good as you think it's never as bad as you think all you can do is just stay neutral and try to be the best you can that day um and it, or that play honestly and if that play doesn't work you just come back with that mentality next time you're going to make it happen and um hopefully it works that next time so I mean it's a uh, it seems like the whole, the whole world's against you sometimes, especially with social media and everything these days. Um, but uh, at the same time, all you can do is focus on being the best you, you can be that, that next day or that next moment. Um, and hopefully that, that turns into good things, not only for, only for yourself, but for everybody.
1: Two final questions here for the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. The first question, we just got the official NFL playoff scenarios, and for you guys, it's pretty simple. If you guys win on Sunday, you win the division. You don't need any help. You don't need a tie. don't need anybody else to lose. If you win on Monday against the Raiders, you guys are going to the playoffs and you have a home playoff game as the winner of the AFC West. How important is that? I know you guys set goals at the beginning of the season. I know this season has gone up and down, but every goal that you guys have set is still right there for you guys.
4: Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's always our first goal is to win the AFC West. I mean, we understand all, how hard that is to do. You have to come in with that mentality of every single year. you got to play your best week, best game every single day, your best practice, your best film study, whatever that is, in order to win the AFC West. And so for us to have this opportunity, we know it won't be easy. The Raiders are playing good football, and they, they definitely want to beat us. Um, And so we have to come in with the mentality that we're going to play our best uh, game and have our best week of practice in order to go out there and win that game. And if we can win that game, obviously – we win the AFC West and that's we celebrate that for about one night and then we focus on that next week and, and try and do whatever we can to continue to build momentum going into the playoffs.
1: Last question here. I would guess that this is probably one of your busiest weeks. Like you don't really have a lot of free time in your life, but you're married, you got kids, it's Christmas, you guys got a game on Monday, you got family coming in. I would guess that this is probably one of your more hectic busiest times.
4: Uh Yeah, I mean, I think I have a lot of great people around me that help out, and so I'll have some family in town. Um, but uh, I, I, out of all people, I think it's uh, more more busy for Brittany and uh, the wives of the Chiefs because uh, we get to go on that, that hotel on Christmas Eve, and obviously we get to miss Santa uh, coming Christmas morning. But uh, we kind of get to just go play a game and do what we always do. And, and you win a football game, you get to go home and open presents. So I think the wives of the Chiefs are the ones that are going to be the busiest, and I'm thankful for all of them.
1: I just want to tell you that I wear a large. I also wear 13 in sneak. I know I know that you're still Christmas shopping. If you want to throw me some Adidas stuff and Rob too, I, I just want to pass that information to you. I got you, my man. That is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Patrick, man, I always appreciate your time, man. Thanks a bunch.
4: Yeah, I appreciate you, man.
1: That's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. If you missed any part of that, be sure to check it out on the podcast page, 610sports.com, also the Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
0: You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtus, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically, there is no way to compare him to anybody else. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
2: Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
1: The greatest comedians that we have are kids. I'm going to tell you why. Rob, there is a viral TikTok that is going around. It is from a 7th grade teacher. And this 7th grade teacher, the assignment was... What do you think is the perfect gift for someone in their 30s? I would like to read to you some of the things that these seven graders wrote that would be perfect Christmas gifts for people our age, Rob. A measuring cup, a sign that says, bless this home, a Dyson vacuum, a gift card to Panera because people over 30 really love soup was one of the things that was on the list. Candles from Bath and Body Works was also on the list. And at first, I kind of wanted to be mad, and I wanted to think this is what these seventh graders feel about us. This is what they think. And then I really started to think about it. And a lot of these sounded like really good gifts. A lot of them. You're telling me right now, Rob, if I just got you a nice vacuum, you wouldn't be happy. You wouldn't be thrilled about a nice vacuum. Now, I don't know if I want a sign that says, bless this home. But if you got me a really nice welcome mat, I would be like, man, this is a really thoughtful gift. Thank you, Rob. This is great. Now, I don't know if I'd be thrilled about a Panera gift card, but I'd take it and I think I'd use it in the next 10 days. I'd be at Panera. Are we that predictable at our age that even these kids just know exactly what we would want in our old age? I mean, this the, the, the part that says that 30-year-olds would want a sign that says bless this home, that's kind of disrespectful. That's real disrespectful. Someone put a TJ Maxx gift card. I'd love a TJ Maxx gift card. If you got me $100 to Marshall's right now, be thrilled. Be absolutely. Be an incredible gift.
2: It's a tragedy that most everything that you were saying, I kept waiting for like, oh, I'm going to crush these kids for getting it wrong. (laughs) They they actually smoked it. They nailed it. Do you know how much if, if we need a company gift exchange and someone gave me a bath and body works Candle, three-wick boy, I'd be a happy camper. I'd enjoy my day. (laughs) So one of
1: the things on here they wrote, I'm serious. I'll I'll send this to you so you can see it. One of the gifts that these kids, so if you just tuned in, there's a viral TikTok right now. It's a seventh-grade teacher, and she asked her students, what do you think a 30-year-old would like for Christmas? And she posted some of their answers. One of them says they would love a heated blanket because their muscles be hurting. And then I thought about it. I have a heated blanket. It's one of my favorite things in my home. Rob, you know what I love. You know what I love. I'm on the couch and I'm watching Monday Night Football. You know, I'm watching a movie or something. And then I decide, you know what, I'm going to retire for the night. I get up from the couch. I then walk to my room. There's a little switch on the side. I hit number three on the heated blanket. And I'm telling you. I wrap myself up like a burrito, and I'm straight for the night. My muscles, they do be hurting. I mean, these kids, they know us better than we know ourselves. That's great. They wouldn't like this if we said what seventh graders would like for gifts. They're easy to figure out. I know all you kids play Fortnite. You love a Fortnite you probably want YouTube premium. I kind of want YouTube premium. This, they were kind of throwing
2: shade, but these were actually good gifts. I, Like I said, there's nothing that you've meant like a nice new Dyson vacuum. That's top one. of the line. I would love one. I mean, if you're gonna give me like a used vacuum, I'd be like, "Whoa, what's that all about? But a nice Dyson and a cup of soup. That's, that's a Saturday in my house.
1: Let me ask you this. What do you think is the negative with re-gifting? Like, people always try to treat re-gifting like it's such a bad thing. I have a lot of Bluetooth speakers in my home. I don't think I need another Bluetooth speaker. Rob, if you gave me a Bluetooth, I'd be appreciative. You want to know why I'm appreciative? Because now when I have to give somebody else something, you have now saved me the time and money. Isn't that what you got the gift for, for me to have an appreciation? Rob, I have a great appreciation. You have saved me a night walking around Target. You have saved me a night of trying to figure out what somebody else wants as a gift, because I'm just going to give them the gift that you gave me.
2: I think here's the negative, negative. and we've talked about this in the show before. There are two types of gift givers, people who give practical gifts and people who give, like, really thoughtful, emotional type of gifts. You know, I'm a practical gift guy. You know I'm the opposite guy. So people, the thought process is if you're going to get this specific gift that a person in my bank of gift-giving gives, you're going to turn around and hand it to someone else? No, I took the time and effort to find that gift for you. That is your thing. So people who give based on emotional and connectivity don't want you turning around and pawning it off. That's where I think it stems from because I think more people societally – are in my, hey, gifts have an emotional attachment and you're doing it for more than just practicality group than the other group.
1: I was also thinking about a gift that I would consider to be really great. And you know what I would really just like appreciate? Like, let's say that right now it was like, Rob, I got you something. Because normally whenever I get you something, Rob, I normally just get you something KU related. I just know I can't go wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really have to do a lot of thought. Like anytime I've got you a gift, it's like, hey, here's this really cool KU t-shirt from 1992. Hey, here's this jacket I think you would like. I'm not really doing a whole lot of other thinking. I just I, I know what you like. I know what you wear and I'll just get you something that's in that vein. I would really love a nice picture frame because sometimes you get something you're like, oh man, I gotta get a frame for it. And then when you go to see how much frames cost, you're like, man. This was more expensive than the thing that you got me. This really nice frame that you got would also be a really nice gift for people over 30. If you're thinking about things to get, a picture frame. Never, You've never gone wrong with the picture frame.
2: I think as you get older and older, gift-giving gets harder and harder because in your 30s... I think it's easier. No, No, I... No, no, that's that's starter home stuff. When you're in your 50s or 60s, you can't give home stuff anymore. They've already acquired those things. So now what do you give them? They already have all the clothes they could possibly want. Now the challenge has really geared up. And you can't give them tech stuff at a certain age because you're just giving them a headache.
1: Yeah, my mom, I mean, she's in her mid-50s now. I think she's really easy to get gifts for. I think she's really easy. I know what she likes. I'm just, I know, I know what she likes. So I she's, she's actually one of the easiest people to get gifts for at this point. And it, she like, I also think this is where I think it changes. I think you get to a certain age where you know that you can't ask for super expensive things. Like kids just have no understanding. Like your kid will ask you for a PS5, six games, two controllers. Like, hold on, like you want $1,000 worth of stuff. You got three C's on your last report card. How do you think this evens out? I think once you get to that point, people kind of understand that you can get them like a really good $80 gift that they're really happy with. A really good... Everybody has an interest. You drink wine. You like to work out. You like to do those things. You like to go to the movies. Like, Rob, you're an easy person to get gifts for. If I give you $50 to AMC, you're thrilled. That's like half a movie for you. That's just, that's just your fiancé's portion of the movie. You got to pay for your own portion. I give you $50.
2: We can go see a matinee, yeah. one of us. <laughs>
1: Oh, you can't get anything to eat or drink at fifty dollars no. at AMC. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you can't get you can't get both. And and only one of you can see a matinee movie at fifty dollars. Yeah. Only only one of you can go to the movies. She only one of you can go to movies, and she can get one small icy, and that's all you can get for going. But it
2: movies. can't be like a Marvel or a premium oh, film. No, 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 no. no, no. She's got to go through the thing that has been out in theaters for eight nine months. Yeah,
1: she's got to go. Yeah. She's got to go see that Taylor Swift errors movie at mm-hmm. nine o'clock in the morning, and then it's fifty, then it's forty nine dollars to go see that movie. No, that is uh, that's very very accurate. Um, Rob, can you play what was this song earlier that you were playing? Let's see if the five o'clock. So I asked you a question earlier. I said because you, if you could press a button, and you could eliminate a Christmas song, you never had to hear the Christmas song again, and you gave it some thought. And then you played a Christmas song, and this is the one that you would get rid of. What was the song?
2: I'm pulling it up now. Okay. It's I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Now, I assumed everyone hated this song because it's absolute trash. Like, no one has enjoyed this song. But you had never heard this before, which yeah, I'm was just, stunning.
1: I'm f-
4: Christmas only a hippopotamus will do don't want a doll no dinky tinker toy I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy I want a hippopotamus for Christmas
2: as I was saying I trash <laughs> gone forever do.
1: I'm telling you, Christmas music might have been, like, really bad up until, like, the 70s. It might have really been bad. Just no flavor, no seasoning, no nothing. Just bland chicken. And then in the 70s, it was like, all right, we've had enough. Stevie Wonder, can you make a Christmas album? Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5. Get in the studio. Donny Hathaway. Save us. People like that song. Someone no. said that's my kid's favorite song. That makes sense if you're a kid. Yeah. That's something you listen to at, 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 at your, like, no.
2: Like at the kindergarten roundup or whatever, when you're packing up the kiddos for Christmas break, and this plays? Fine.
1: I'd rather listen to Baby Shark than listen to that. I'm serious. If you're telling me right now, what are my two options? If you're riding with the little one, and she's like, turn some music on, would you rather hear Baby Shark or hear that song? I'd much rather hear Baby, Baby Shark. Baby
2: Shark. By the way, you know why Mariah Carey's songs were one in the country right now? It's because that's the competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a slew of 16 seeds and then mariah carey did all i Want for christmas is you
1: you know what i actually i well i, I kind of knew this but i just uh, i went back i think i actually think that taylor swift needs to remake a class or a christmas album i don't know if she was popular enough at the time to make this christmas album she dropped this christmas album in 2007 the fact that taylor swift has a christmas album and like it's not super popular, she should start over. She's remaking all her other songs. She needs to go back and remake Jingle
2: Bells. She's leaving money on the table. I think she's getting all that money back in the tour. She plays those songs on the tour, so they already exist in the Zeitgeist. She, we have a Taylor Swift Last Christmas version. Yeah, I I played that last year on the show. Taylor Swift will not rest
1: until she ruins all of our favorite songs. Remember that time we played where she did Umbrella by Rihanna? And then she did September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. She
2: did. She did both. Well, She, she did, did Re- Santa
1: Baby. Her Santa Baby can't be good. Mm-hmm. No chance it's good.
2: Do you know what I'm excited for? Her version of Red Kingdom.
1: <laughs> Featuring Tech 9 It'd be so good. We got to make this happen. How can we get Tech 9 and Taylor Swift to do a song together? We have to. Come on. Travis. We have to make this happen. I would love. You know what? Taylor Swift has to sing the national anthem for the AFC championship game. She can't sing the national anthem. She can't sing the national anthem. Oh, she's going to bang the drum. Oh, she's going to bang the drum. Oh, even better. All right, we're out of here, Rob. You're done for the week. Merry Christmas, my friend. I'll, I'll see you guys.